Every hour on the hour, when we listen and gain our knowledge and power, we turn to the no bullshit hour. Let's just end breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. It's over. I'm like Chris Cuomo coming out of the basement. COVID's over. Ah. If you're Chris Cuomo, take that shirt off. Ah. <laughs> oh, I got the COVID belly, bro. I've been drinking some beer. No, that's my excuse, too. I've been looking up videos how to get rid of this tire. I never had one. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, you'll never get rid I'm of it. I'm like Chris Cuomo, man. I come out of the bay. I remember that fake shit. Oh, yeah. I have, I'm coming up out of the stairs. I've been down there for two weeks, except I was caught bicycling in the Hamptons just yesterday. Fake ass, fake ass, fake ass. Wasn't he called uh, arguing with the neighbor too when he was supposed to yeah, be? Yeah, <laughs> meathead. Him and his brother, man. You done fake news, Como guys. God. I'll tell you why it's over, because I went to DC. Okay. I had COVID. COVID's real. Maurice Davis is with this uh, city councilman's second ward of Flint. He had it. Oh, that's my phone. Uh-oh. Ooh. Breaking news. Ooh, it's super cop. We're gonna be talking about cops. We're going to be talking about George Floyd. We got Ira Todd, the most historic interrogator for Detroit Police Department. He himself was on trial in the mid-90s for murder on the job. Mm -hmm. So that's real perspective. You don't get a guy like this just coming on fake homo. It's no bullshit. That's who's on. Maurice Davis going to be with us. Talking about the seven-year anniversary of Flint is tomorrow. Wow. What's changed? Did they get justice? What's up with these settlements? Where is everybody? And then they're, hey, Red. <laughs> Yo! What the fuck? You're supposed to be sitting across from me, brother. L listen, listen. I know I'm running late, but I can report some breaking news. Oh. I just drove by the New Wayne County Jail site, and that son bitch ain't no further along than it was almost six months ago. So there you go. I, I served the purpose. And I tell you what, that's a good piece of reporting. Because when we're talking about reimagining policing in the criminal justice system, the biggest public works project going on in the state is a fucking oversized jail. Not only is that a good piece of reporting, that is a good deflection as to the fact that why you're in the car right now when you're supposed to be here. <laughs> Really? Thanks a lot, Mark. Appreciate no, I'm, I'm commending you. Charlie Gonna shave your head. Remember last time you didn't? No. Very unprofessional. No. <laughs> but that's what we got today. We got Flint. We got Pl in Detroit. Here's here's a, here's a statistic for you. In the last two years, shootings are up nearly 100 percent. To be exact, 85 percent. In the non-COVID year. From 2019 to 20, April to April, it went up 45%. From this time last year to now, it's up another 40%. We had three mass shootings over the weekend. A 
quadruple, a quintuple, and an octuple. And the Detroit police took the lives of two people. What, what, what's going on? Why isn't this being reported? Put that back on. I like that. I'm getting all lathered up. It's a mess. Fix the shit. This is the real news. Now, I'm here. I'm Cuomo again. Here we go. <laughs> COVID, it's over. It's not really over. It's a dangerous thing. But I go to Charlotte International Airport to get to D.C. Thousands of people stacked on each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like Rip Van Winkle being any, from Michigan. Any empty seats on the plane? None. The guy next to me, there, there's no space in between. They're serving coffee, people taking the mask down. Like the, the whole country's moving. It's over. Yeah. And we're not. And look, here's the thing. When people start moving, doesn't matter if you lock away, it's going to get here and it's here. And now we're moving around and putting it there. Mm-hmm. And the governor decided to go see your daddy in Florida last month. That was from us. We did the right thing, got word of it, researched it out, got a hold of the governor's people, and they pulled the same trick, which is they give it to a friendly outlet, one that's going to, you know, soften it up. But it came from this basement. Same with her director who went down to Margaritaville. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you talk to us or not. The facts are the facts, and we do it correctly. We give you a chance to answer Still haven't gotten the answer. We're going to bring you all that. Those uh, that friendly uh, that friendly outlet came to bite her in the ass too. Ooh, all that. Okay. But first, I'm going to do my rant, which is brought to you by American Coney Island, Detroit's oldest family-owned restaurant. Esquire named it one of the hundred restaurants we cannot afford to lose because that's part of our souls. So go down to the corner of Michigan and Lafayette. Delicious. Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. Get a Coney kit to your house if you still don't exactly want to rotate. And I can understand why. Not a denialist. Not a Republican. Not a Democrat. I'm your brother. Mark's your brother. Maurice is your brother. Ira's definitely your brother. And Red is late as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the shame. Breaking story. Breaking news story. Breaking news story. First time ever NBN news traffic report. If you're coming up, I, if you're coming up I 75 North, get the fuck off before Davidson. Because if not, you're gonna run into some shit that's gonna make you later, and your boss gonna end up talking more shit to you live on the air. Back to you in the studio. Thank you for that report, Red. So listen, if you could ascertain for me where exactly I-75 is closed off, because you get off the 8 mile of the 696, it's all fucked up, and you're driving through Hazel Tucky, bro. I'm like, I'm all over. And now... (laughs) uh, Now they got it down to two lanes, uh, going down to two lanes at Davidson Freeway. Now listen, when you you hit 8 mile, my brother, you know what to do. Hands on the wheel. Nothing hanging from the rear view. Five miles an hour under the limit. All right? All right. Okay, folks. Gretchen Whitmer is finding out the hard way what happens when you surround yourself with pillow fluffers and hipsters in brown leather shoes. When there's nobody competent to tell you no, you'll eventually be exposed as incompetent or worse, a hypocrite. The unvaxxed governor, as we all now know, flew 
to Florida in the midst of a pandemic to visit her father. When the truth arrives, and it always does, instead of a straightforward answer, the governor's handlers draft opaque excuses that only serve to further enrage the public, people whose lives and businesses and children have been turned upside down by the pandemic and her shifting responses to it. When I asked Governor Whitmer's press people Monday if she had recently flown down to Florida, those advisors scrambled to whip up a half-baked dung pie of nonspecifics. Then they released it to the general media. I had to read the answers to my own questions and someone else's report, and I don't care because it's knowledge and truth that makes a democracy run. So as long as it's out, I'm cool. I'm just telling you. So while those advisors confirm Whitmer's out-of-state trip to see her ailing father, Dick, down in West Palm Beach, they would not specify when she went to Florida, whether she went there at all, or on whose plane she flew, and we still don't know. This is what they wrote to me. Due to ongoing security concerns, we will not comment further on the governor's personal schedule. Convenient. That is bizarre. And it should annoy you, whether you love her or not. Right? Mm -hmm. um, we hold Trump to the fire. Yeah. We hold Whitman to the fire. We hold Schwarzenegger to the fire. Giuliani. That's what we do in a democracy. No fanboydom. That's the exact answer I got last week, folks. Remember when I asked if the state's top health official, Elizabeth Hertel, right? Mm -hmm. If she had beat it down to Margaritaville for spring break while the virus raged here in Michigan. Guess what they said then? We do not discuss the director's personal schedule. How convenient. Same answer. Yeah, conveniency. Mm -hmm. Remember, this was at the same time the governor was lecturing we, her subjects in Michigan, to avoid spring break in Florida because of the raging UK variant there. Look, in a time of crisis, leaders lead. When you're caught, you tell the truth. I stay home, you stay home. You don't shop for milk toast interviews with Cable Ken and Broadcast Barbie. You don't do it. You don't blame the Supreme Court or the state legislature for taking your tools, which you still have. Leadership comes by example. If you ask the people to stay put, stay put yourself. You remember those of us who could not hold our brother's hand as he died in an isolated room. You remember those of us who weren't allowed to attend a funeral due to the COVID restrictions or our children tethered to a screen all day who've suffered a year of anxiety and depression and loneliness. We followed the governor's orders, not because we like them, because we thought we were all rowing this boat together. But today, it seems that ship has sailed. COVID's over. Nobody's listening. Please respect each other. It's still there. But yeah, and she did get busted in another lie, too, because she did the podcast with her friendly MERS. Um, Two weeks ago. Media outlet where they, they said, have you gone on spring break? Have you had any time off? She said, I've gone nowhere except to Israel, which is a lie threefold because, you know, they came out and said uh, Biden. She met with Biden and somewhere. I forgot what the second one was and down to Florida. So it was another lie. And that was two weeks ago. Look, you want to see your dad. I, I don't know how this, we're making an excuse here. Yeah. She went to, what's the big deal? She went to see her dad. I, I, yeah, I get that. We all wanted to see our dad. You're supposed to be transparent and honest and be a leader, like you just pointed out. And then, you know, it's like the, when you lead in a society where you're serving society, you're not the czar, you go first. You're the last person to eat. 
That's what a real leader does. Mm -hmm. I wanted it when my brother died. I I didn't go in my mother's house. Yeah, I was in the garage, being respectful of things. Yep. If the leaders aren't going to follow their own rules, why would anybody else? And what's the science and protocol tell you? You should be vaccinated yes. minimum, and you weren't. She wasn't. Yeah. Because you did the stunt where you you went on TV in April and did At Ford Field. Yeah. So when when did you go down there? For how long? Where exactly? And on whose airplane did you fly? Great questions. Simple um, question. But they're not, they won't discuss it. <laughs> we'll find a reason as to why they won't. Uh, we're not allowed to discuss that because we don't want to. Okay, look. Um, I I'm going to bring Ira Todd in here. There's a lot of news this week. Uh, George Floyd, right? And Derek Chauvin was found guilty on three charges, including second-degree murder, right? Dante, uh, Dante Wright in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, right, was yep. shot yep. on a traffic stop. Adam Toledo in Chicago, 13-year-old, was running with a gun, came out without the gun, shot. Makia Bryant, 16, Columbus, Ohio, right, yep. just got a knife, police shoots her. We, we really got to talk about this. So we're going to bring in Ira Todd. Let me just say this. Very deep. And please, uh, Maurice... Join us yes. as you see fit, brother. How you been? Very good. Okay. Very good. Now, this is brought to you by Hall Financial. If you feel good about your interest rates because it's in the threes, uh, get over it and call Hall Financial because, you know, maybe you can get something lower. Things are moving. See what your options are. Be smart and make the call because you could be saving money. Hall Financial is fast, and they do all the heavy lifting. They get everything done for you, appraisal, the realtor, all that. One-stop shopping. At least check them out. Go to hallfinancial.com or call 248-308-5000, right? Get started. Get it done now. Put it on your fridge. Beautiful. <laughs> hey, Ira, how are you, brother? How you feeling? Good, Charlie. How you doing, man? Good, man. By the way, a quick background. How many years did you have on Detroit Police Force? 34 and a half. You're a kid from the neighborhood? Yep. 12th Street. Born and raised. The tough part. You, you, were, you were raising the tough part. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was in the tough part of the city, but it was still a good part of the city, you know. Well said. And so in this in the in the career, you're on gang squad, you quick what happens? You you shot a guy that was unarmed, it turns out, and you go on trial and you're acquitted. So you you've lived this part of policing. Oh yeah, I went through the whole ordeal, man, where you you know, you gotta deal with the whole thing with killing somebody, first of all, you know, taking a human being's life and then dealing with the fact that you make the right decision or not. And then also dealing with the fact that you may be charged with a crime that could send you to jail for the rest of your life. So, you know, it, it was kind of personal to me watching this whole thing go down. I watched the trial, you know, I watched the defense put on their show and the prosecutor put on theirs. And, you know, it was, it was just, it was a horrible situation for both parties, but I could empathize a little bit with the officer because I'm just looking at the human side of it. And uh, I don't know, man, you know, uh, I don't even know if he's dealt with the reality that he actually killed this man. And, you know, I watched him get handcuffed and almost become, you know, unglued right there in front of the, the cameras and everything. You could just tell this thing was traumatic for everybody, the whole world. You watched it. Was it murder? Oh, yeah, definitely murder. It was murder. You know, was it intentional? I don't think it was intentional, but it was definitely murder. 
let's do know. let's do this for the audience. First degree murder is, means premeditation, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Second degree murder means you did it. He did the moment, passion, uh, life just it, it came at you. And it could be implied intent. You know, it's like, if, for instance, that you know, the way I understand it. But if I hit you with a rubber hose, a possibility you won't die for that. But I hit you in the head with a metal pipe, you could <laughs> die. That's an implied intent. You know that you knew if I hit you in the head with this pipe, you will possibly die from it. So second degree could be something like that. And manslaughter is—it's either accidental or you were behaving in a reckless way, which you should have known better. This could have caused death, right? Correct. Yes. So this was correct. This was second degree murder, in my opinion. In fact, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's I, official I, I, now. Mm -hmm. He's a murderer. Oh yeah, I think oh, yeah, it was open murder. I think definitely. You know, uh, this guy—he did a lot of things wrong, and he know he did a lot of things wrong. You know, and he knew it's murder. You know, we, he had no other choice but to fight. You know, what what else could he do? You know, think about it. They're not going to let him pull you out, probably. And everybody in the world wanted to know, you know, or have an explanation for what he had done. And they wanted to see exactly what happened because the media had, you know, blew all this up. And, and you know, not saying they did the wrong job by doing it. I think uh, it's something that should have been blown up. But for the most part, you know, this guy had no choice but just to face, you know, the music. He screwed up, you know, and I had some people even say to me, what you mean screwed up? He killed a man. But that's what I mean. He screwed. I don't think he intentionally tried to kill that man. But sometimes cops mistakes, they become fake. I do and feel like we see all these videos and they do get lumped together. But the one thing with Derek Chauvin, George Floyd is the nine minutes where he could have stopped once he was detained is, is that how you see it too ira or and then the other ones are snap judgment shootings no i, I think you're 100 percent right it was just that that whole thing and even after he passed out and collapsed you know you could i watched the video multiple times and i even saw george floyd head turn dark you know you're like blood was rushing to his head you know you just know what's going on you, you know you've been a cop that long you see when things are happening to people, when they're passing out or they're dying or things like that. He knew. I'm telling you, he's on top of this man. He knew this guy was passing out, collapsing, yep. or something was changing in his body. And at that point, he should have got up. You know, now I understand you, you have to escalate, but you have to de-escalate too. And we all done it. You know, let's get real. I'm an old school cop. I don't threw guys on the ground and had to pin them down and to get them, you know, under control. But I'm, so looking now, Ira. Ira, I'm looking at the video now, Ira. Ira, I'm looking at the video now here, right? Yes. He's not resisting no more. He's no. not moving. Isn't it time? No. He's trying to live, man. You, if you ever seen somebody like that, they're trying to live. I've seen guys be, try to fight you, but they're not trying to fight to get out of cuffs. They're trying to fight because they're trying to breathe they, or something's hurting on them. He's trying to live. And this officer knows that. They, they all know that this guy... What they're doing to him, they know it's wrong. They know it's wrong. They went too far. Yeah. And it's something they had to be comfortable with doing in front of people. They must have done it before. And I'm not trying to pass judgment because I'm a cop. I'm going to stand up for cops if I can. But this is something right here that you know is just, it's horrible. It's horrible. He killed that man. Ira, does you know? it bother you when you see the... Uh, Makia Bryant shooting and it gets lumped together with this uh, this particular incident. The 16 year old in Ohio, in Ohio with, with the, the knife. knife. Yeah, it does. I think all of them. Even the, the young man, uh, the young man uh, Wright, who got shot by the officer, the taser incident, and things like that. 
it bothers me when you hear people say, it's no way in the hell that uh, she couldn't have known that wasn't a taser or a gun. But when you're in those kind of situations, and I'm not justifying what she did at all. I know that was an accident. You can even hear it in her voice, her expressions, everything else. She told my partner, oh, my God, or something. I shot him. And partner said, you shot him? She said, yes. You know, cops are human. Cops make mistakes. I'm not saying that there should be better training. There shouldn't be repercussions for those mistakes and things like that. But we got to start understanding that we're human, too. I have to bring this up because I look at that one and, I, and I'm thinking – I, I don't think, I think she's going to be acquitted. I mean, I'm just, because, look, I've had my ass beat by cops a couple times in my life. You get pulled over, you got a warrant out for your West arrest for a weapons charge. Mm-hmm. You know the police know that. They bring you out of the car, and then you dive into the car. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm a cop, I, I, I've been out with cops a lot of times. You would fear for your life. You would. I never do that kind of shit. Hands up on the wheel. Yes, sir. No, sir. Everybody's, I want to get home. Here's the and that's why, I'm saying, that's why I'm saying there's a human side to all of this, because you're 100% right. But see, some people react to police officers like they do if you threw me in some water. I've panicked like that in some water. You know, I can't swim. You know, so I don't understand what might be going on. This young guy panicked. You know, and he shouldn't. He should have did exactly what the officer said. But in the same token, that officer is trained to those kind of things. And you have to keep uh, a cool head. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet you no. I'm going to bet you, from what I hear, this is a lot of desk time for this officer. What's her name? Potter? Yeah, Kim. Kim Potter. A lot of desk time. I don't think there's a lot of mu- muscle memory to, you know, I don't think she's seen that a lot of times. I know Detroit yeah, police but- see that a lot. Yeah, but that come over the years. That come throughout experience and through some of your experiences in gun battles and things like that or fighting with people all the time. You know, you learn these learn these nonverbal behaviors that you see people do when they jump or they get ready to run or something like that. You know, it's, it's all about experience. It's all about from where you come from, too. People are afraid out here. You got a lot of these cops that's coming from different places and they are afraid of the people they are policing. Let's just be real about it. So what they you're saying is you've got white cops from the countryside and the suburbs policing the black city. And they got the boogeyman thing in their head. And it is a violent city. And that's a bad recipe? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, think about it. If, if, you work in the, if you work and live in the same community, you get to understand everybody in that community. You know, they become part of your family. You know, they know the officers. I used to walk a beat in the 14th precinct. You know, we got free food from people. You know, people people will come out their houses and give you stuff. You know, if you got into a fight by yourself, people will citizens you, will come out and help you apprehend people. What do you mean they give people, you stuff? I'm sorry. I'm what do you mean stuff. they give you stuff? Like bribes? Like the cocaine and the bribes and stuff? No, no I'm, I'm kidding. Talking with like, you. like people will give you muffins or people will make you cakes. If you ever worked in the 10th precinct, you get fat in the temporary so I gained 30 pounds <laughs> in the temporary so because people would come into the precinct and give, I mean, bring food up there because they love the police. And we would barbecue in the back with people in the neighborhoods and things like that. We were part of the community. So, and that's what it's all about. Let, so honest. let me ask you this. In the current climate with what's going on, with all the mistrust from the neighborhood with the police, do you think bringing that type of stuff back would be effective or is it other things that they could do? 
I think I think it's a lot of things. I think the biggest thing you need to do, you need communication. And you, we need to communicate two different things. I really think we need to make people understand that you give law enforcement officers the authority to go out there and do what you pay them to do, and that's protect you, okay? You want them to enforce the law. That's why you call them law enforcement officers, okay? But you actually, but you have to educate the public too, I believe, and say, hey, look here, guys, you can't be snatching away. You can't be doing crazy things when you're getting pulled over. You know, an officer is just human beings out there really trying to do a good okay. job, and we're getting a bad name like that. Yep, right. Right. Let, let, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, let me ask you this. Do you think that there is a possibility to introduce more non-lethal weapons into the mix? Would that help cut down on a lot of what's going on? No, I don't think so. I think I, I think you shouldn't even have to have weapons. If, if people respect the law, if an officer asks you to do something, I mean, why not do it? That's what you, you, you paid him to enforce the law. You know, I don't think it's about fear and anger or pulling guns on each other or we need bigger guns and things like that. It's not going to help. You got to communicate. Everybody out here, they're afraid. They're angry. They got a bunch of rage going on right now. It ain't no fucking bread out there, man. Ain't no bread. Red, what do you make of what what, what happened in Columbus, Ohio? Because you were in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, yeah, actually, I was down there the other night for a show. And let me say, it was not no big... You know, I'm sure they were protesting, but we I didn't see anything where I was. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be honest. You know, it's its tragic that the young lady is gone, but I'm, I'm really more upset with the neighbors in the community. The police officer made a snap decision. He She's trying to save a life. And I mean, it, it, I've, I've seen people say, you know, I did a live about it. Hey, he could have used a taser. Well, I'm not a trained police officer, but I know a taser in that situation may not have saved that girl life. And this young lady had a butcher knife, mind you. If you look at the video, that's not no standard knife. That look like a butcher knife out the kitchen that can do bad damage. Just going in, it can cut an artery. So, like you said, don't the bad situations. They they we cannot keep putting ourselves. In the uh, opportunity to end up like this young lady. I would love to hear from the girl in pink, too, the one who was on the other side um, of the knife who was, you know, about to be stabbed. Do you guys think she'll ever come forward? Because I, I, I think she should be charged. What were we even doing with that? I, I don't want to speculate. Well, I, I, I mean, just checking the fucking pink things. What, what, what I'm saying is part of the story. I do want to say this because we don't have all the facts, but it, apparently this started from an altercation. Some young ladies came to her house. The police was then called. In the end of the day, they are all responsible to a degree because this altercation led to this situation. The officer himself, I feel, made a snap decision to save a life. Sadly, we lost a young life. Amen. But he had to make a decision. And if it was my son or daughter consequences be after he saved a life, I got to take that. And if, you know, are we are we jumping? Uh, you 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 spent thirty four years out there, uh, Ira, mm -hmm. like deep, real life shit that nobody can imagine. People don't understand what continuum force continuum even means. Mm -hmm. Do you think we're, video has really changed everything that we're making snap judgments? 
And I think that's the whole problem. Everybody's got this opinion about this little, you know, few seconds of video that they see, and all of a sudden they want to be judge and jury. And I don't think what people really realize, there's a lot of parts to the investigation and different angles, different perspectives. You don't know what the officer was feeling. You don't know what the witnesses were feeling. There's a lot of things that's going on right now. And I think that's some of the problem. We got everything lumped in one group. You know, if a cop kills somebody, everybody's angry and mad, you know, and it's this the it's the new trend right now. You know, we got to blame somebody for our anger and rage and, you know, poverty and everything that's going wrong with this world right now. And the, the closest people to us with a uniform is officers. So everybody's got a spotlight on us, you know, but it's the it's, only it's government that answers you. Right. It, you, you call everybody. Do, do me a favor. Call your congressperson. See if you get a call. Back. <laughs> call <laughs> your exactly. mayor. See, call the senator. And, see, exactly. society's so messed up. It's so broke. And if you if if you want good cops, you need good human beings. So if you want to if you want to put somebody in charge of enforcing law, protecting citizens, and doing things like that, why don't you give them good salaries and give them decent hours? Why would you give somebody a gun and badge, work them sixteen hours a day, then they got to go to court on the off time, then they work in double shifts, double I mean uh, sh straight like seven days, fourteen days straight, and things like that, and then I just pushing pencils and things like that Damn, they're out there it's a time bomb shot at, it's know, a time uh, bomb jumping in and out of cars and things like that people hey, don't realize that's a stressful job and nobody really take law enforcement serious the only part they take serious is when they want to punish a cop hmm. that's what they take serious and let me do this you know, let me do this they talk about shooting people is when cops shoot people let me do this but it's like we got to fix this whole problem with this whole thing and let, let me this listen I, white people I, I want i want everybody to listen about white people this is how it breaks down with death by cop. 50% of all the death by cops are white people. 20% are brown people, Latinos. And 30% are black people. So whites and Latinos, for the proportion of the population, that's about right. Blacks, it's two and a half times more likely than whites. But the point is, what kind of people, white people, black people, brown people? It's, it's the poor. Studies show it. The poorer you are, the rowdier you get. The rowdier you get, the police show up. So why are we doing this racial division? This is a good time for white people to let black people lead and then voice their own anger yeah. about what's Church, going Church, on. Let me, ask this, let me ask this question. Why in the city of Detroit, if we raid a drug house, and, and you know this different people raiding different drug houses, but if you raid a small drug house with some dope in it. You go in there, you throw everybody to the floor, you you do all the crazy stuff. You, you tear up the house, you pull drawers out, you do all the crazy stuff. You go raid a dope dealer's house in the suburbs and you're pulling drawers out and putting things back neatly and you got people sitting on the couch and you're not. Why is it such a difference? And you know what the difference is. You know exactly what the difference is. Yeah, Let's what, just be real about it. What is the difference? They, they treat people of color different. Everybody treats people of color different. Everybody. Then, then how do you explain that 50% of all deaths by cops' hands are white people? Yeah, well, well, it's, it's, it's a lot more white people in the country. For sure. There's a lot, you know, so, but I mean, what kind of white team. people is what I'm, I'm saying? There's an economic um, equality here. Like there, There's something to be done because it ain't rich people dying by the hand of the cops. That's what I'm saying. It's poor people. Right. It's, everything is happening to the poor. 
And that's my whole point. It's like, okay, why are we so afraid of poor people? Why we? Why are we? Why do our light bulb or our our our, our alerts go up when we go into certain neighborhood with poor people? You know, you act like you walk like you walk away from like you're afraid and things like that. And these are people just trying to survive. You know, and it's like we just treat people differently when they look differently. And it's it's, it's ridiculous. Well, do, doesn't that go back to the systemic part of all of this? Isn't that kind of been a mantra in the police force for so many decades? I think it's learned behavior. I think it's learned behavior. I think it's, it's generational of learned behavior. I think I learned some bad habits from some old cops and vice versa. You know, I mean, they learned some bad habits from some older cops and things like that. You know, when you become a cop, you go in and say you're going to make a difference. But sometimes you will pick up some bad habits. Sometimes you will become that bully. You know, but you got to understand, sometimes the elements make you the bully, too. So it's like you learn these things, but people can relearn this stuff. And they do it all the time. I'm telling you, in our police department, in Detroit Police Department, I'm gone now. But before I left, I could tell they had become a kinder, gentler police department. They had a lot more respect and everything else. And they didn't rule with the iron fist like we did. Some of the older cops like I did and the cops before me. Now, let me, know? this is a good place for me to put this in. The super cop just called me. And uh, Maurice, please feel free because you're up in Flint, which is what? Two thirds black, one third white. Cry, uh, <laughs> yeah. Violent crimes through the roof. And, and they're not a damn thing you could do about it. They're no money. Not at all. So what's the plan? Well, the plan ain't no money. You just said it. It's high drugs. And like the former officer just said, you know, this is everybody here, the young folks is now into buying these gray codes. They don't want phones and the musician type stuff. They need weapons. They trying to, they life skill is surviving day to day. And that's what's going on. And you see it all over the country. The anger, the hatred is growing. And if we don't pull it in, we're in a bad uh, space as a nation. That's it. That, that's the systematic shit of it. Like the poor can't get out. The poor's getting poorer and angry of all stripes. Blacks just catch the shit end of the stick in this country by any measurement. That's a long systematic business. But there's other systematic stuff going on. Money. Well, when it was never even from the beginning. And it continues, you know, on one end, you're giving this group a little something, but the other group is still growing two to three times faster. So the system has never really been leveled out. The playing field has never been leveled for the black American versus the white American. In my opinion, it's always fight, fight, fight to get where you should be. And in the process, the economics of it, the rich are steadily getting richer. You steadily just trying to survive day to day. So the, the playing field is constantly against you, and, in my opinion. And building your gates. You cannot build gates high enough to keep the rabble out. We got We all know what's going on. Everybody feels we're on edge here. And it's more than just video on TV. Right. It's the pocketbook as well. Here, Super Cop called me. The Detroit police, in the, sandwiched in between the Chauvin verdict, killed two two. Two citizens, right? Right. Bad situations. Here's super cop call me. The second day, this is after the Chauvin, they respond to a guy's all high and distraught and shit, and his mother calls, and he's stabbing himself. The police arrive, and he's sleeping in the bathtub. He's kind of passed out in the bathtub. They go to get him. He wakes up. He stabs one of the cops, then jumps on him, 
The partner pulls out his weapon, shoots the guy, and shoots his partner. Okay, two things. They both have less than five years experience. Half the Detroit Police Department's right. got less than five years experience. A real problem. You need yes. more than two guys going. Also, remember the bullshit news. The, you're all being stirred up. We're going to do better. We're going to send mental health experts with the police. <laughs> remember that? We got the yeah. big press conference. Oh, yeah. Remember right. the, the mayor and the chief of police? Okay. First of all, what are you going to do? Have that guy talk about his childhood and put him on a couch and stuff? All right. right? Now, now the psychologist is going to get stabbed to death. But here's the thing. There wasn't no psychologist that went with them. Where is this great program? See? What has changed? Nothing. They react. They give us a bunch of bullshit, and it ends up not being true. And promises that they can't afford. That's what I'm going to say. Promises they can't afford because... If we don't have enough money for police officers and the proper equipment and a decent network and all the good goodies and bells and whistles of that, where are you going to get money at to send a psych, psych person out on each call? Uh. Ira, going back to the Chauvin verdict, um, heard a lot of people talk like this is a moment that will change everything. Uh, it's a relief moment, but this is a sign that things are changing. How do you feel about those comments? I I think I think it's some truth to it. I think people are becoming a little bit more aware mm. of what's going on. I think people are ignoring what was going on before. I think people knew what was going on the whole time, but they just kind of ignored it. It wasn't happening to me. I'm not really going to care about all of this. But I think because it just went all over the world and everybody saw exactly what happened, I think it's going to make people really pay attention to what's going on with law enforcement these days. Let me do and, this, though, over here in Detroit. I mean, look, we went off the air uh, last Friday, and there's a quadruple shooting at, at a vigil yep. for a guy that got shot. Happens every year, right? Then the next day over by you on Bewick, yep. dude, what, five people? Five people. One, one it was an uh, accident. What was it? It, it? One dead, four wounded, and then somebody came back through the scene it starts no, that's another no, that's, that's a different that's one. the next one yeah that's is so much going on okay it's, then yeah. then sunday night right there's another vigil from for somebody that got shot dead in 2016 they hold it every year it's a traveling vigil so the police yeah. should know about it right it gets shot up every year so breaking news you don't got to do the dtdtd it wasn't five people shot folks media got to follow up it was eight people shot it's a mass shooting wow you're not even making any news right then they try to get away and hit an innocent bystander and kill him right okay then another dude the cops don't have the experience to clear the scene because now the neighborhood gathers and people on the cops on the scene tell me this boom boxes they're drinking it's it's a goddamn show out there and one dude peeps the supervisor a young supervisor and says hey motherfucker remember you locked me up last year he goes, what? And it turns into like this altercation. Cop sends him on his way. Like Ira, would, we were talking last night, Ira would send a guy to make right. sure he goes away. Right. He goes and drinks, comes then back. gets in his car, comes yep. back, drives by, tries to shoot the cop. And then it's a high-speed chase across Detroit, and they shoot him dead right. on the east side. Doesn't this tell you something, Ira? How is it you can have a party at three in the morning and eight people are shot, and there's no police around. 
because they're probably somewhere else fighting some crime somewhere else. I'm telling you, uh, law enforcement is overwhelmed right now. Mm. It's over, and it's been overwhelmed for a long time. I mean, I left the job, and I'm telling you, I, I gave every my last drop, and I was burnt out. And you got cops still on the job now, trying to hold on, trying to do their best, but they're burnt out. They're tired, and they they have like not many resources, and some of the resources they need is more manpower. So, so you know? Ira, I just want to make sure, right quick, you you you're saying that this started well before COVID because COVID has been the new scapegoat for everything as of late. <laughs> but, but, 75 years has been shootings like that happen all over the country, not just the city of Detroit. If right. you really think about it, we used to have Operation Crackdown Wraparound. We used to have so many shootings. We created a shooting detailment team. You know, this is a trend of things that go up and down. Even hating cops, sometimes they hate us, sometimes they love us. It's a trend that go up and down all the time. And let me give you but the stat. The- let me give you the stat, Ira, because mm-hmm. this is the truth. Like, what the fuck is the mayor actually doing and what do you got to run on? Because shootings in the year before COVID, 2019, April 10th, 2019 to April 10th, 2020, shootings went up 45%, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's not COVID. That's what was right. really going on. And now mm-hmm. during the lockdown from April 2020 to 2021, it's up another 40%. That's 85, almost 100%. Yeah. We are the most violent city. We don't have police. We're not paying them, like Maurice is saying, like we're all saying. So and then think about this. The ones who have to go out there and do the jobs, now they got to go out there with their hands tied because if they make one mistake, and I'm not talking about a big mistake like killing somebody, but they do something else on camera or something, trying to protect themselves or trying to get control of a situation, they're going to be criticized or they're going to be judged. And it's like, what do you guys want cops to do? You want us to be badasses or you want us to be punks? And let's get real about it. Do you want somebody out there protecting you and dealing with crime? And do you want to pay them, train them, and give them the resources they need and the manpower they need to do it? Or are we all going to just sit back and every time something go wrong, we keep pointing finger at law enforcement when we pay for stadiums? You know, we pay billionaires, uh, give them money to build stadiums. We bail out companies. Why can't we put money into law enforcement, into human beings that's willing to go out there and protect society? Why can't we produce a good police officer at the same time while you're developing a good human being too? Let's you know this ain't this ain't rocket science. We all human beings out here. And they should stop criticizing cops and the police department, start saying, hey, look here. What can we do to help them? I think that's what we need. We need you guys to help us. Let's criticize them so we understand the, the deep problems and actually get to a solution because I'm tired of hearing platitudes and empty words. Yeah. They need yes. retraining. Yes. What's that even mean? You don't even know what their training is. They don't have a plan. And what about one more well, thing? Psychological help for police. Yeah. saying, Hey, look here, guys. Why are we up in Congress saying, hey, look here, we need more protection for officers and citizens, not just citizens, officers, too, because they are our citizens, too. You know, when they go to jail, they leave families behind, just like everybody else. And some of these officers going to jail aren't bad people. They may have done some bad things. I'm not talking about this Chauvin thing. This is a thing that's totally different than anything else. But I'm talking about some of these shootings. These aren't bad people. Or these are good people who happen to do a bad thing. Or made a mistake. And I know it's, it's a hell of a mistake. Because I would hate for one of my kids to get killed like that. Or grandkids or something like that. But you got to understand. These people are human too. 
And they, and 90%, I believe, of cops going out there to work, they going out there because we want to do good. Let I did me, 35 years of not just putting people in jail. I did 35 years of getting people out of jail. It's cops that really want to do well out there, but we don't have support from the, the citizens. Let me do, Congress, let me you know, do this. Let's, go out there and let's start, you know, when, when a cop get killed, you know, you get a little blurt and something like that, but we out there See, fighting he's feeling it. for everybody. No, he's feeling it because here's what I'm, here's what I'm hearing, Ira. And, and we're, and we're going to leave it at this. I, this is, this is going to, I'm going to let you go after this. Okay. And I want it to just resonate here. I'm going to ask you something deep. Okay. Mm -hmm. How bad did that damage you when you took an unarmed man's life? Let me tell you this. This, this is, it damaged me so bad that when Chauvin got sentenced, I watched his, when, right before his sentencing, before they read his verdict, I watched his chest rise and how he was breathing. I felt that same anxiety I felt over 20 some years ago. You never forget it. And people don't realize that you are human. When you take a life, I don't care how bad, how macho, I was one of the baddest machos, you know, cocky, big ego cops you ever want to see in your life. But when you take another human being's life, you lose a part of yours and it damaged you forever. I want you to believe that. It's not a day in my life that I don't think about Jose Eldorado. It's not a day in my life that I didn't pray that God saved his soul because I took his life. It's not a day in my life I didn't think that I got cancer to shorten my life because I'd shortened another man's life. People don't realize you carry these burdens with you. We cops, we human. You know, when we make mistakes, don't you think for a minute we don't pay for them before a jury decides we pay for them. You pay for them in every way. Your family pays for it too. So I'm not saying what he did was right or wrong. I'm just saying, look at the human side of a human being that, and I'm going to just say it bluntly, sometimes you fuck up and it's not intentional. Sometimes you do something stupid and it's not intentional. Some days you have a bad day. And if you're a cop on that bad day and you take somebody's life, I mean, it changes your life for the rest of your life. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think Chauvin is sitting back in the jail cells saying, you know, you know, I, I, I'm glad I killed that guy. I'm glad I'm in this situation. I bet he wish he could turn everything around. And even though he had that smug look on his face, we don't even know if that was a smug look or if it was, it was that man in some sort of zone. I don't, you know, I'm not taking up for him. But all I'm saying is I've been there when you say, oh, shit. When they told me, hey, he didn't have a gun. And I thought that guy had a gun. They said, I said, oh, shit, in my head. Because I knew what was coming. So you got to look at the human side of these officers. I mean, you got to look at them. You know, I'm a broken old man right now. I'm, don't, my health is not well. But I fight every day for me and for everybody else that I can. But I want you guys to realize, most of your cops out there, when they get 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of their life to law enforcement. It's because they got real heart and they really care. What was the name of the man who you killed? Jose Eldorado. You I'll never forget his name. Should we take Jose Eldorado. You want to say a few words? May a little remembrance of him? 
No, I don't know if that would be respectful now. I was going to write about him in my book. I'm writing a book right now. And I was going to write about him in the book. And me and the editor talked about that. Some people may not appreciate that. Yeah. I'm just going to respect him and exactly. his family, you know. I'm going to remember. We're going to, we're going to take at least a moment here for him and you. Just, just a second so everybody can think about what you just said. I want to thank you for uh, for coming, Ira, and God bless you, brother, and uh, I'll give you a call. I, ho I hope uh, you rebound. Huh? I appreciate you, man. Keep fighting for the truth, man, really. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for being there. I appreciate you, man. Be safe. Wow. I don't think a lot of people realize, and that, that was something, glad you asked him that, the effects of that, because, you know, I talk a lot of crap, but I don't see me really having to take a life. I just don't think I have it in me to take a life, and I think if I had to, it would it would rock me to the core. It was a, it was a mistake, especially on a mistake. He thinks God gave him cancer to equal it out. Okay, that's what it is. And again, I know probably some people going fuck him. I just it's, it's and and I can believe it's mistakes that can happen. But, you know, some things is it, not on mistake. Some things are mistaken. Some things is human error. The problem is I, is until the system, in my opinion, starts to really address a lot of the social issues, yep. like you're saying, the economical, the mental, it's not going to change and because the, the rotten root is still there. The funny thing is the general system's got to change, and we got to fund the police more. It's actually kind of half everybody's doesn't got the whole picture. I don't, think. it's going to take money and you have to have the will to yep. spend it in the right spots. Right. And, and, and the top can't be taking everything and offshore and everything and, and giving it away. And our answer is to, to just print it and <laughs> worry about paying it back later. What, do you, what, what kind of world do you think the kids are going to live in? Man, if I could have got, got through the first 20 years of my life with just money that was free, <laughs> Jesus, I would be broke now. <laughs> yeah, you would have, bro. Yeah, you would have blown it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, um, it's it's the seven-year anniversary of Flint tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna, we have uh, King of the Party Blues, Maurice yeah. Davis, who also serves his community as the city councilman of the second ward, a beautiful guy. Uh, this is... How do you, how do you fix things? How do you fix things? Get involved. No, you call ADR. Oh, so you having trouble with the government? <laughs> government not listening. Government can't function. You want to be the nice guy in your business. You want to focus on business, mm -hmm. and you got to fight the city. This is the brass knuckle guy. You fight, but he's got really smooth hands, so he's not in there tearing it up. He's the one that takes the stress. Yep. Goes goes through the process and the process and the process and he does it for you. That's what oh. ADR consultants do. He's oh, so honest. he's the one up late night drinking uh, medicine for ulcers because he's, he's taking your stress. <laughs> he's That's how dedicated it. he is. He's the one sitting there looking up the ordinance. Who am I calling? You know, how how do we solve this? Okay, right? How do we make room in the budget? Like Flint, if you would have called a true consultant that was really going to do the job. And not wink and nod and go along with it and say the water plant's ready to be used. Yeah, ADR is the kind of guy's telling you it's it's not. You ought okay. not to. That's that's what you get when you're calling Barry Ellen Tucker. Where do I call this honest ethical man? 
248-318-9424, right? Two, four, got it. Just, just for free consultation. It sounds cheap, free consultation. Don't be afraid to call. You're having trouble. Can't get the permits. Zoning, variance, not, you know, all Ugh, the bullshit. Right. Yeah. Well, I live in Detroit, so. <laughs> yeah, and in Detroit, you if know. If he can deal with Detroit, he's my man. Detroit, there's always some some Jimmy on the side. You got to pay somehow, some way, right? You can't make the profit. Slipping Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Maurice Davis is brought to you by. Go ahead. Woo! That's actually Maurice Davis right there. If you're not among the ruling elite, it can make your pals' pockets fat off the taxpayers' back. If you're actually working for a living, those 16 hour shifts in a squad car, you can't get ahead. You gotta get ahead. You got to think of the future. You got to provide for your retirement and theirs. And if you're a cop or a fireman, they're not giving you that health care when you retire. Another reason. Call financial specialist Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. Come on. That's right. All your investment needs. Right, Maurice? All your investment needs. Annuities, time and accounts, college saving plan, stocks, bonds. Make that call now. Your politicians and your children are dependent on you. Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. I'm going to call just because they got the coolest jingle I have heard in so long on TV or radio. I think this is a hit song on his own. Maurice Davis, how are you, sir? Pretty good, pretty good, Charlie. Yeah. Seven-year anniversary of Flint, Maurice. Uh, what's up today? Is it fixed? How's Flint? Is it fixed? The water yeah, thing? Just like it was seven years ago, if you ask me my honest opinion, ain't nobody drinking this stuff. What, what happened to all that money? Right. <laughs> that, I would ask the same thing. I'm sure a lot of residents wondering the same thing, even with the settlement that was supposed to happen here for the residents. Well, what's up with that settlement? Now, it's like uh, 640. Here's that settlement. What is it? $640 million for everybody? $640.2 million. Okay. Break it down. And some rich attorneys will be in America shortly. Uh, That's what's going to happen. The residents ain't getting a dime. They claim it's for the children, but they overlook the, the actual adults. So it's not fair at all. And everybody pissed about it. So Rightfully so. It's $200 million goes to the lawyer, $400 million for... The children, and that's about what fifteen grand a piece. No, Lord, because see, you have to prove damages when water clearly went through everybody's faucet. So it was just whoever came up with this. I don't know how horrific. I don't know if the governor or from the feds whoever uh, constructed this. They was wrong on all levels. They mistreated this whole community. Period. Disrespected. Then why did you vote uh, for Flint? To okay, it's twenty million dollars. Flint is on the hook for twenty million dollars of this six hundred and forty. So, if man, I'm glad you asked me that. Maybe I cleared that stuff up right now. What that was, it was not for the settlement. Flint is a plaintiff, not a plaintiff, but a defendant in the lawsuit. As well as state of Michigan, they don't want Governor Gretchen Whitmer six hundred million. Uh, a hospital in Flint, Michigan, called McLaren, is twenty million. As well as a defendant called Flint, Michigan. We are named as defendants, and then another little firm that was sued for right at two million. This is what happened. 
our insurance piece to protect the municipality of Flint, Michigan was 20 million from Judge Federal Judge Levy that you can't come at the city of Flint in this residence to assess, you know, we went bankrupt, everything that all of the lawsuits is pointing to Flint. So the 20 million protected Flint in this residence. That's the part people misconstrued. Oh, so, so what you're saying is, look, man, um, I disagree with the settlement, but if, if Flint could bail out just being $20 million on the hook, let's do it to protect Flint because we're already broke as fuck. Well, that was the insurance. It wasn't part of They put it in the pot, but it was an insurance to protect the residents. It wasn't nothing to do. I, I'm not satisfied 0% about no settlement. But you don't even have a say in the settlement. The judge decides that. Here's what's funny. Correct. Here's what's funny. Dana Nessel in the attorney general's office is defending the state on the civil side. Flint, state of Michigan, right? But her, her yes. office is also prosecuting the state in the criminal side. Absolutely. Sounds like a conflict of interest to me. Well, you make it up, Maurice. That's, well. that's fucking fucked up. We really pissed. So y'all basically just stuck between a rock and a hard place because y'all just in the middle. That's just really mm -hmm. it. It's advertised like it's going to be some money when the residents ain't seeing nothing from this settlement. Nothing. 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 You got and, and it dropped everybody's property value. A lot right. of people done died. It's still dying. And it caused a whole lot of pre-existing conditions. So a whole lot of people in this community dying because COVID was the nail in the coffin. Are you satisfied with the attorney general throwing out the old charges in the work shooties people were doing, coming back and refiling them? Do you think they've done a good job here in the justice served by serving the, the governor with a misdemeanor charge? Charlie, are you kidding me? They ain't do a damn thing. Nothing. That's just politics as you. Let let me or you uh, had to do something. You've been treated, man. It's just wrong on all levels. It's just a hand slap. It ain't a slap. It's blatant disrespect. That woman wrong. I'm talking about the actual attorney general and all that's involved with them. People died. I got a niece laying in a graveyard right now because of this at an age of 30 on a birthday. So I'm highly pissed. It's, it's all propaganda. Let me ask you this, Mr. Davis, how, about yes. how much piping has been replaced? Would you estimate the percentage of how much of that new piping they supposed to have run through there to replace all those lines? About how much of that's been replaced so far? They claim they got 500 more units to do, and it's been hundreds of millions of dollars. But the ironic part that pisses me off, this is a highly impoverished community. Some places where they claim they're changing pipes, the houses ain't worth $800 if you was to buy them. Why not land bank on all of the property here? Why not move these people into something that you can actually give them a chance or a choice even? Because the money they claim is thousands of dollars per house to change the pipe. And by the way, how much this much pipe going to fix a whole uh, infrastructure? It ain't going to do nothing. You can't put a uh, brand new wine in old wine skins. They playing games. The whole capital improvement Everything here in the infrastructure needs to be totally changed. Let me they, everything. Post yeah. some cyanide in your in your appliance to see if you want to drink out of out the sink. You wouldn't do it. Let's just go back real quick on the anniversary and explain to people here. Here's what I, Flint did this.
to Flint. Right? This didn't, no emergency manager. But let me let me see if you agree with this. The emergency manager okayed switching from the Detroit River to the Flint River while Flint and Genesee County built a new water system. It was sold to the emergency manager as a good idea by all the people in Flint, the the engineers, the uh, the unions, the government. This was in the plans for years, right? Yes. The bean counters from Lansing liked it because, hey, we can save, what, about $20 million a year buying Detroit's water. We can start paying the police with it, the putting, fixing the streets and the street lights. Then we got money left over to do this new water system. Price will never go down. And in the meantime, to pay the bills until it's ready, we're just going to drink from the Flint River and they never fix the old ass water plant to treat it. That was a water heist. They played the residents. They know damn well Flint was selling water to everything around him. And they took the system and gave it to the, the county. The, the county guy, Jeff Wright, took it. It was a, a, a water, water is liquid gold. And they took it because we was the one servicing everybody, General Motors and everything. Now we buy water. It's not right. So basically, you went from making a dollar off the bottle to yeah. having to purchase the bottle. Who got Correct. all the money? The county. The county got the system now. And now we're doing a secondary to the county. It's planned. They planned county. I think it started up for Pontiac. That's what the Glee would do. It's all conspiracy against poor folks. And at the end of the day, now people can't pay. Our water was dirt cheap years ago. But now we got the highest water just about in the country. And now to the place people can't pay their water bills. And they still we got a catastrophic problem on our hands. And let me look, maybe you don't care about Flint out there, but if you live in Michigan, you're paying for it. If you live in the Great Lakes Water Authority, that southeastern Michigan, you're paying for Flint's water. Flint's actually paying for their water, right? Yes. But we're yes. We're, we're we're giving them the water so they can pay the bond, so they can pay Correct. the money. Uh, that they borrowed for the new system that they don't even fucking use. A Correct. Huge hustle. One more time. Flint wanted to be in a water system where they charge the same rate, right? It's much cheaper, yes. and then they, they could use that money to fund themselves. In the meantime, in order to pay the loan, because remember, when you buy a house, you immediately got to start paying your mortgage. They didn't have any money to pay the mortgage for this new system that wasn't ready. So where do you get it? You go to the Flint River where it's a dime on the dollar. One gallon of Detroit water, let's call it a buck. It now costs 10 cents. You take the 90 cents and you pay the loan. But the water treatment plant that had been mothballed for a half a century wasn't ready or prepared to do it. They knew it and they crossed their fingers. It was all a money hustle. It's all it was. Is that correct, sir? Yes, and Charlie. And you go a little deeper than that. Even with the settlement, the governor, the six hundred million, they got to take out a, a, a bond on that. And guess what? The state of Michigan gonna pay higher taxes as well as the residents here to pay back. So we really suing ourselves at the end of the day. So I now got to pay. Oh, wow. For the for the Flint settlement, not only Flint's water, but but the you know the. the not the only that, million. yeah, the 400 million left over for the kids, meaning we gave them a used truck. 
Here's a used truck, yes, kids, right. and don't bother me anymore. And don't forget, they charged the residents for the poison water Correct. All, all the way through this, right? Y'all have been responsible yes. for a water bill. Correct. And how many people died of Legionnaires? 150? Oh, it's way more than that. What happened is they put it down on the death certificates as pneumonia to, to, to skew the numbers, as they do with the COVID. They skew the numbers. Everything is pneumonia or respiratory, I should say. Respiratory. And they know they're wrong for that. Poor folks don't have a voice. So, Maurice, what goes uh, what goes through your head on the anniversary when you see, you know, the video again of them, you know, celebrating turning on the water? Is it anger? Is it embarrassment? Here's the bobit. Hey! Wouldn't try that now. There's the mayor, right? There's the mayor pressing the button. Countdown from three, three, two, one. Wow! Wow! Okay. That's it. That doesn't look like Snyder pressing the button. No, that's the mayor. How does that make you feel? It, it's sickening. It's very, anybody here, you know, you can't even build a car park. General Motors wouldn't even use that to build automotive parts. But yet, people here ingesting it. And this is an older community. And ain't no fair treatment. No, I don't care. We can't buy none. But I got a suggestion. I doubt if they do it. It's... Infrastructure, mm -hmm. police, water, public service. What? And and that's let's let's note that's what Trump promised. Biden has now promised. That's what the last two presidents before them promised. And it looks like the infrastructure to me just then got worse and worse and worse. And now they've zoned this out, so they're gonna take our houses. Because we zoned over here on the north end as green space years ago. It's all part of a master plan. And it's working. And people here is on fixed income. They're all retired. So all they have to do now, the next thing going to be the nail in the coffin is raise the taxes. And there go your gentrification as planned. Now, let's, let me do this. The, the, the whole organization that put this together, right? The bond attorneys, yeah. the, the contractors... None of them up on any charges. For the deaths, there's some, you know, like the former director of health and human service. Right. He's facing some, some, I don't know. If Neglect, is it? Neglect. Manslaughter, right? Yeah. But the, the dudes that put, put this in motion, the organization, nobody. Not, not the, the, somebody set a plan in motion that led to death. Now, the guy that was the bond attorney for not only Flint, but Genesee County and this yes. water authority. Right? His name yes. is Dave, Dave Masseron. He leaves and he goes to work for Mike Duggan here in Detroit as the chief operating officer. Right. Okay. Now we got federal investigations into the, the demolitions that the Fed sent us money for, whether the dirt in there is poison. Stay tuned for that one. And then, wow. then he leaves and he's got a new job. You know what he's doing now, Maurice? What are you doing, uh, Charlie? He's the budget director for Whitmer for the state of Michigan. Oh, that is correct. How the fuck is this? What's crime doing in Flint? Oh, crime is actually number. I heard the officer, I were talking about it. it everybody want a plan. The plan is ain't no money. It's just lawless. And then they weaken the police department with all of this here. You know, people don't want to obey law. You got uh, younger folks never been disciplined like we was when we was younger. 
So now it, it's starting to you you start reaping the benefits of it. The new hobby is these great coats, the little small AKs, and they buying them up left and right, and they use they use them all over the nation. So we're in a little trouble. We in a lot Somebody of just got killed here uh-huh. last night, the night before last, sixteen years old, right up the street. I got a, I can show you up my pile of bullets from my front door. I showed them to the news uh, a couple of days ago. What do you mean? What? Beverly, go get my bullets. Okay. <laughs> Was there a shootout? No, 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 no. Everything I got, Charlie, definitely got bullet holes in it. And some reporter called me today about that. His I'm one of them councilmen that don't play. These here is not, not bullets of mine that I bought at the gun shop. They are spent bullet shells. They, are, they come, these rounds that's been spent. In front of your house. One, two, three, four, five, six. At least a oh, dozen. A, no, hey, I, hey. Got, I got a ton of a ton. So, so he's picking up trucks and everything got out there. He picking up bullet case shells like Newport cigarette butts. And been they tried to rob me. You know, I had a death threat. So it's it's high crime here. Who? How big is the police force for Flint? It's very small. And I'm funny. We don't we don't have what we have. It's not where you live, it's how you live. And the security of the residents ain't there called. It's all about funding. You know, they want the downtown is secure because they got all their funders in place. But right. as you, you leave from down there, you kind of own your home. They do donuts. With sound them like Detroit. Sounds exactly like Detroit. So it sounds to me, last thought here, Maurice, we're going we're gonna to wind her up, all right? But sounds okay. to me, we're doing an awful lot of arguing about black and white and brown, and we should because it's a great nation made up Part of, of lots of people. Right. But I think green is the biggest color problem in this country. It is the color problem. Yes. This is not the 70s. They can go on with that. You can be anything you want to be in this country. You got black folks. You got your Oprah Winfrey's and everything else. It's all about what I want to accomplish. It's about green. And it's about greed and corruption. Is that why... You talking like this, is that why you wouldn't take the job with Newsmax? Newsmax actually offered Maurice yes. a, a show, a primetime show. Remember, he, he supported Trump? Understandably. Yeah. yeah. Why didn't you take the job? No, 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 no. Because, you know, of the voter intimidation. Here, Charlie, people, as you can see, I'm passionate because I've been here all my life. But of jealousy and corruption, they want to put a narrative about a Trump. It's not Trump. President Trump, only one I know at the time he was president, he had the resources. People here can't pay their water bill. People here is getting entitlements everywhere. They have nothing. So I asked Mr. Trump, what about $600 a month? You know, instead of one little uh, stipend, every month until they fix our water. So it'd be a better way of life. People sick and shut in. But they mentioned as I was a Republican. I'm a Democrat. And if I'm a elected to help people, I don't give a damn where it comes from, Republican, Democrat, or independent. But because I am not conforming to what they want me to be, they try to sing a narrative. But let me tell you something. I I can't sustain myself. I'm a musician. I can sit here, I do sit here seven days a week. But people now is losing everything. They don't have them. And the water bill, I don't know about in Detroit, but it's tied to your taxes. And if you can't pay your water bill, how in the hell are you going to catch up with your delinquent water bill? And they're going to end up taking your house. Right. But 
and everything over here. We have a book of at least 18 to 2,000 people every year that's foreclosure. Ah, so here's, I think I got the answer. You didn't say it, but it's like, if you go on their right-wing news station, they're not actually, they don't know who the fuck you are. And by by the end of it, they're not gonna they're not gonna be liking what you said. Right. No, no, no. I can't I ain't the one for that. See, I that don't I, I cussed a report out early. I don't do that. I'm I'm just like you, Charlie. I no bullshit. And they give me all my language, but I am a resident before I am any kind of politician. Right. Because I believe me. They elected me to help them. And I feel I ain't did my job unless I help people. And that's just how I am. We're going to leave it at that. See, everybody, just for a minute, look at the great people of Flint, our brother. Like, yes. We're in this together. We got to do something. Maurice, I love you, dude. Thank you for being love on. Love you more, Charlie. I appreciate y'all so much. And uh, your show, well, give them the name of the show where they can check it out. Maurice Davis Blues News with Beverly Mike's at 7 p.m. nightly right here on Facebook. Yeah, all things Flint. And, you know, they do national, international to comment on that, but they'll, they'll tell you what's going on on the inside. I, I've checked the show out and I'm going to tell you, I enjoy it. It's a great show. Yes, it yeah. is. It really is. And he be jamming on there. Yeah, really jamming. Yes. And Beverly's so sweet. She's she's on the side there just swaying. <laughs> Did Beverly used to be like like the backup singer for you? She is a singing organ player. She played B3. That on. <laughs> All right, brother. Appreciate Have a good one. Appreciate you back, right. brother. Bye-bye. I feel like the speech should always be underneath him whenever he's Royal talking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what did we learn today? Is, 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 in my opinion, we learned these economics have got to change. Yep. It's got to change. It's, it's been too one-sided for too long. Frustration is rising to the top. And uh, the ones that's been on the short end of the stick is acting out the best way they know how. And that's through anger, action, which might not always be the best, but they acting out. People that's broke, they going to be more upset. I agree. I mean, I, I don't, I've been writing this for two decades now because I come from here. You could see it. We are the center of the world. Yes. Right here. If this is what happened to the industrial might, what you think was going to happen? Right. Detroit was the start off. When it when it happened here, Flint, Michigan, the industrial state that we are. That's our brother over there. That's our sisters over right. there. That's part when, of Detroit. Yeah. Michigan. When it started happening, that was telling the rest of the country what was coming. And I don't think people was really paying attention, but they are now. Yeah, they're paying attention. So watch us. And hopefully... <laughs> it's only 45 seconds, man. Yeah. Look at Mark. We're going to have to loop that. Seconds. We're going to have to loop that. Uh, for Charlie. Mark's all of a sudden directing. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Show's talk. over. <laughs> Here's the deal. They're going to watch us. We got to dig out of this. And best way to do it, try to, try to get along, try to love one another, try to see each other's point of view. Because nobody wants to live like this. That's real talk. For the killing of a deputy For the life of a deputy But I say Oh now now Oh I shot the sheriff The sheriff But the spirit wasn't so 
Didn't 